Hello, everybody. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to let you know that I am having a spring celebration sale on my CCRN. So right now you can buy my CCRN online program for $199. There is no code needed. You can just head over to my website at khoppypresents.com or use the link that I've provided in the description. And it is already marked down to $199 in celebration of spring. This online program is worth 30 continuing education hours, 24 7 365 lifetime access, and you'll also be getting periodic updates as they're available. So I just wanted to let you know and enjoy the podcast. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 23 of the CCRN podcast review. Uh, my name is Kay Hoppy. For those of you that don't know me, so welcome and welcome back to those of you that have joined me in previous podcasts. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about chest trauma because there are a few different topics under that heading that are going to be on the review or excuse me, on the exam. So, uh, one announcement I have before we get started, I do have my online CCRN review course available for pre-sale and there are only four days left in the pre-sale. And so as of May 1st, the price is going up. Right now, the pre-sale price is $249 and for that, you get a lifetime 24-7 access. You also get 30 contact hours or 30 credits of continuing education applicable to license uh, renewal or national certification renewal. And so it's a great deal for $249. And um, as of May 1st, it will be going up to $299. And of course, we're talking about the year 2022. So be sure and consider that. Um, please head over to my website and take a look at the course. My website is khoppypresents.com and you will find a link to that in the information below. So without further ado, let's get into talking about chest trauma. The first type of chest trauma that you're likely to get on your exam has to do with flail chest. And the one thing that I like to remind everyone is that when we're talking flail chest, keep in mind, in order to have an actual flail, the chest cage has to be uh, fractured in two spots. In other words, there has to be a section of chest cage that is freely movable. And so the only way that you get that is like a chest crunch or a chest cage in which the ribs are fractured in, in more than one spot, rendering an area of the chest cage freely movable. So when we talk about somebody like this, not only is their breathing going to be affected, and very likely they're going to have a pneumothorax to go along with it, but pain is a huge factor in these patients. So picture the patient that comes in with flail chest, pneumothorax, requires intubation, 
they are going to need a high degree of pain management in order to be able to tolerate the pain that goes along with flail chest. So keep in mind that is the major factor that affects respiratory effort in flail chest. Now, when we talk about the actual movement of the chest during flail chest or in somebody with a flail chest, this is the most likely question that you're going to get. And that is the person with flail chest will display what is called paradoxical, paradoxical, not asymmetrical chest wall movement, paradoxical. And so paradoxical means what? Opposite to what one would expect. So as we're breathing in, most of our chest just expands and moves outward. But in flail chest, we'll see the flailing portion, which remember is freely movable, that sucks in. And when we exhale, our chest cage comes down and the flailing portion moves in the opposite direction and pouches out. So keep in mind, paradoxical wall motion is what uh, is considered to be a hallmark of flail chest. So needless to say, say that work of breathing increases in a big way. It causes fatigue, hypoxemia, hypercapnia, and respiratory distress, thus the intubation and mechanical ventilation. So we said that this patient also would likely have a pneumothorax, could also have pleural effusion or a pulmonary contusion along with their chest wall injury. So when the patient comes in, the clinical presentation is typically dyspnea, chest pain, tachycardia, tachypnea, acamosis over the thorax, a palpable detached segment, and bony crepitation. And we see crepitus in the presence of pneumothorax as well. And of course, when we listen to breath sounds, breath sounds are uh, absent on the affected side. And keep in mind, guys, that hallmark of paradoxical chest wall movement. Next, we're going to be taking a look at tension pneumothorax. We're going to be talking about that a little bit. And here you have a patient that maybe has a gunshot wound to the chest, or maybe you have somebody with COPD that has rupture of this big old emphysematous bleb, and you lose normal negative intrapleural pressure, and the uh, lung collapses. Well, just pure collapse of the lung doesn't mean tension pneumothorax, but when tension builds up on that side of the chest and causes the mediastinal contents to shift in the opposite direction, now you have not just a pneumothorax, but a tension pneumothorax. So again, mediastinal contents shift in the opposite direction, and that would include a tracheal shift away from the affected side or the away from the side where you don't hear breath sounds. So you have a patient then that um, displays dyspnea, chest pain, tachycardia, tachypnea, and now we see asymmetrical chest excursion. So in the last example, 
we talked about paradoxical chest wall movement. Now we're talking about asymmetrical chest excursion and decreased frematis. Now here's this word creeping up on you again. We had an earlier podcast that talked about respiratory terms. So if frematis does not at all sound familiar to you, please go back to that podcast and review respiratory terms. Frematis, if you'll recall, is where you actually are feeling it's a palpation thing and you're having the patient say 99, 99, which I'm sure you're going to do with somebody with the tension pneumothorax. Well, actually, probably not. But on the exam, you're going to remember that you are going to uh, feel a decrease in frematis, a decrease in vibratory sensation on the affected side. One other respiratory term comes into play here, and that is resonance. You will hear hyperresonance on the affected side of a patient with a uh, tension pneumothorax. So what is resonance? Resonance is a percussion sound, a percussion note. And so hyperresonant, you know, resonance is considered normal, a normal note. Hyperresonant tone can be seen in somebody with an air-filled area like a tension pneumothorax. Of course, absent breath sounds on that side and signs and symptoms of hypoxemia. Also, because of that tracheal shift, the patient could have jugular venous distension and hypotension. So our management, of course, is airway ventilation and oxygenation. And we have to get the air out of that side of the chest immediately. Now, granted, this patient's going to need a chest tube. But at this moment in time, without a chest tube ready to go, we need to insert a large bore needle in the second intercostal space, midclavicular line on the affected side. Now, this is something the advanced practice nurse or PA or um, physician would be doing. We would be assisting with that as critical care or emergency uh, department nurses. So second intercostal space. And remember how to find that second intercostal space. If you go to the top of the sternum, you will feel what's called the suprasternal notch. If you start palpating down from the suprasternal notch, you'll feel a bony bump. And that's the angle of Louis. And the thing that is noteworthy about the angle of Louis is that it articulates or it attaches to the second rib. And so that gives you a good anatomical reference because once you know where the second rib is, the interst interspace below that is called the second intercostal space because the intercostal spaces are always named after the rib that's above them. And then from there, we go to the midclavicular line. Again, this is not something that a staff nurse would do in critical care. This is something that would be done by advanced practice or physician assistant or a physician. Um, let's see. I think the other big thing to keep in mind here, of course, is pain control considering that whatever event caused them to have the 
uh, pneumothorax and tension pneumothorax to begin with, that's still ever present and needs to be managed. So the last topic we're going to talk about is uh, chest tubes. Now, don't be surprised at all if on the exam you get a chest tube where all of a sudden the drainage in the chest tube slows down dramatically or stops. And then you get this tension pneumothorax effect with the tracheal deviation and so on. Well, you know what to do at that point, right? We've got to look for kinks or or clots or something in the chest tube. And when all else fails, we have to get that chest tube replaced. So you might also have another question about when would you clamp a chest tube? Well, you would clamp a chest tube when you are changing the tube um, or changing the chest drainage system, I should say. You should clamp the chest tube anytime and for any reason that the chest tube drainage system is lifted above the level of the patient, which, you know, you it's not something we typically do. Or the chest tube would be clamped in situations in which uh, the provider wants to see how the patient will do without the chest tube. And that would be kind of like a, a test prior to pulling the tube. For an air leak, you're going to search for a disconnection. For accidental removal, make sure that when you place the dressing on the patient, that the dressing is um, taped on three sides, not four sides and 100% occlusive like we were kind of taught back in the day because that just in and of itself could build up pressure over on the affected side. So again, a dressing that is taped on three sides. So this is it for our little talk on chest trauma. Please head over to my website, khoppypresents.com and take a look at the CCRN online program. Again, you save 50 bucks if you choose to take advantage of that pre-sale price of $249 which will go up to $299 on May 1st, 2022. Have a wonderful day, everybody, and God bless. Bye-bye.